Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Yes, it's me, Egbert. As the new owner of this station, I want to make sure we have the best talent on the air. That's why I've decided to ban all real estate agents and only have real talkers like Brad and John. Here they are, B and J. Does that mean does that mean no Tracy and Rick? Who are they? <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> old John. Cox. Was that in was that in a company memo that I declined to read or didn't open yet? Oh no no no, we don't have company memos. <laughs> we don't have Outlook. We don't have any of those things you don't like. They, that's right, Brad. Right, right. I would be gone. Right, none of that stuff. We no 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 mandatory meetings or anything like that. <laughs> Occasionally we'll have one, but we don't invite John because <laughs> we know how he does. He doesn't like and that. And you know what? I, again, I wouldn't want to go to a meeting where I thought I, my presence was actually wanted. There you go. Okay. National politics. Already uh, we have an interesting thing. On the same stage, was it last night in New Hampshire, uh, Donald Trump and Vivek were on the same stage. Can you believe That's this? That's right. Ramaswamy. And I think we, should, we must always practice saying his last name, yes. Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Okay. I'm I'm like a little bit surprised at this because, you know, I mean, there, there's there's a there's a theory that Trump is way out in the head and and with and with Ramaswamy was number four and obviously if you believe the results of the Iowa caucus, uh, number two was was um, um, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis and number three was Nikki Haley. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're just vying for the VP shot. They're just vying for that VP uh, vice presidential thing. And you know what? I think that if Trump was smart, you know, if, if he does get the nomination, I think the ideal vice president candidate would be Nikki Haley. Although I understand there's a lot of bad blood between them two because of the fact that, he, that apparently he claims that she told him she would never run for president and now she's running for president. So he feels betrayed. I mean, by is her. your argument there that, that uh, you know, that she is a pleasant looking female? She would help get the female vote. She offers a little bit of geographic diversity. Well, what, like, what, what do you think? Did you hear this this Joy Reid comment about her? No, what did she say? Oh my God! I see. I don't understand this whole crazy racial thing. Joy Reid essentially says that that there's no way that Nikki Haley would ever become by a president because she's brown. And I'm going. Oh yeah, I just pulled the headline up. I see because yeah, okay. And I'm going like, no, hold on a minute now. There were people that say we would never have a black president. Let me think yeah. about this. Wasn't Barack Obama a black dude? You know, what maybe I mean? Joy Reid was gone between 2008. In 2016, I don't under see see what I find fascinating. But now let me make this. Let me make sure of this. Joy Reid is a black woman, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So why is it that a woman of color is doubting that a number another woman of color could not be the president? I don't. Think I'll tell she, you. I'll tell you exactly why, Brad. Well, because I'm, this is our 36th show, I think. And how many times before today did we say the name Joy Reid? No, I don't think this is probably the first time, maybe, isn't it? How many, when was the last time the national conversation included a quote from uh, Joy Reid? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just to be, I think she's just, you know, getting publicity for herself. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, and I mean, why, why wouldn't you say something incendiary but, about a Nikki Haley or something like that? Somebody, this is the moment 
to to reinsert yourself as part of the conversation. Well, if if Nikki Haley was a Democrat and was running for the presidential uh, you know nomination, Joy Reid would probably oh Nikki Haley is the world's of best course, candidate. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman. She's brown. She's a woman of color. And you know this crazy thing is, I kidded about this. I don't think I've ever mentioned this on this station, but. I had a friend of mine one day, and this is not an original idea, a friend of mine one day told me the story that she was so tired of having people, and she worked in an environment where people were constantly talking about white privilege. And this was the job she had, and she talked about this all the time, that people are, you know, they talk about white privilege, and and they look at me, and you you have white privilege. So one day, she goes down to the Sherwin-Williams paint store and says to the the person at the Sherwin Williams paint store match my skin color so they go through the color chips and they found the color chip and and the and the guy sort of laughs and he says I'll give you a couple of them so she goes to work the next day and says I am not a white person I am whatever color the paint chip was winter butter Right, so I am winter butter. I did the same thing, and I went to Lowe's, and I found <laughs> my 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 color chip, and my color chip. Matter of fact, the one at Lowe's is actually sort of cool because the, they actually have a, a hole, a square hole, cut in each of the color chips, so that you can hold it up to like the wall, and you're you know, in other oh, words, you're wow, looking. Wow, that's a good idea. You're looking right through the hole, and you're seeing you know the color compared to what you're actually you know having your wall. I still have it in the other studio. I am. Mocha Java. So, mocha Java? That's, I remember you saying that to Shelly. Right. Yes. I'm not white. I'm Mocha Java. <clears throat> See, and what's so crazy about this is it's to the point where it's like, okay, let's go back to that wonderful guy. We just had a day off from work on Monday, and I do mean a wonderful guy, Martin Luther King. What is mm-hmm. one of his favorite con? Uh, 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 I just sort of spit it out there prematurely. Uh, one of his favorite, uh, one of the favorite quoted comments he made. It's not about the color of your skin; it's the content of your character. Correct? Isn't that? That's exactly right. Didn't yeah, I get a man, it close? A man shall not be judged by the the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. Right. And here we have Joy Reid, who's saying that we can't have Nikki Haley because she's brown. And I'm going when I look at Nikki Haley. I don't see a brown woman, you know, just like I don't see, I don't see a lot. See, I guess to a certain extent, I am sort of colorblind. And Brad, let me interrupt. Do you know, and this is sarcasm aside, in the last 10 years or so, the, I, the notion of being colorblind is in and of itself racist. Because Brad, when you were colorblind, again, no sarcasm here. When you're colorblind, the idea is that if you look at a black person, a person of color, when you look at them, if you're colorblind, you are not seeing the oppression and the generational trauma that they have experienced. John, where did you get that from? <laughs> it's absolutely, Brad, I sent, listen, again, I hate to play, keep playing the corporate card here, but I sat through enough DEI trainings at the old stress factory that I used to work at, and we would learn about diversity and we would take online tests to, to tell us how discriminatory we are. And if you use the word color, there's no such thing as colorblind, Brad, because if you claim that, you're ignoring generational trauma that people of color have experienced. 
But yet, one of the things that came out, and if you know this, this is sort of interesting. One of the things that came out from the uh, congressional hearings where they had the three, the three uh, women uh, CEOs or the three women president of the universities, the one lady from MIT, the one lady from UPenn, and the third lady from Harvard, and now we have two or three of those who are gone. Right. Uh, in that same congressional hearing, it might have been an earlier hearing, I think it was the same hearing, they also discussed the, the aspect of race, um, and specifically, they were being grilled about the fact that, you know, why are the uh, the Jewish students being put in a situation where they're fearing for their lives because of the fact that they have these protests on campus, you know, which were uh, pro-Hamas uh, and pro-Palestinian and anti-Israeli. And at one point in time, there's a couple instances where the protesters actually chased some of the Jewish students. And if you remember one of the stories, I can't remember which it was UPenn or one of them, where a bunch of the Jewish students locked themselves in a library building. Remember that? And crazy yeah, stories. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. In the same hearings, they asked about the new segregation that goes on in some of the college campuses. And I can't remember if it was UPenn or MIT has an area that they call Chocolate City. And you have to be black to be able to go into those dorms. And yep, if you, no whites allowed. Right. And if you're, and, am I telling the truth or what? Yeah, you, you absolutely are. Right. And I'm going like, okay, explain this to me. <laughs> what happened? You know, I mean, didn't, didn't we go through a whole racial segregation thing? Didn't we have Dr. Martin Luther King and all these people who came forward and said to us, it's, it's terrible that we have a separate, uh, you know, restaurant for blacks and whites. It's separate, terrible we have a separate, res, uh, you know, drinking fountains for blacks and whites. So now it's okay to have a separate residence for black students that the white students can't come into. And I'm going like, I don't get it. Explain it to me. So I'm going to take you to the corner of Forest Park Parkway and Skinker at the Grand Washington University, and I'm going to give you a Wash U education in five seconds, Brad. The oppressor cannot be oppressed. But see, here we go again. This whole oppressor thing. John, have you ever oppressed anybody in your life? In your life, have you ever said, have you ever, have, has, was there a situation in your life where someone, let's say when you were in your, your corporate life and someone was coming up the corporate ladder behind you and you're a white guy and they were like a black woman or an Indian woman or an Asian woman and you said, I'm going to make it so that you can't get that promotion. Have you ever done that before, John? No, but <laughs> by my identity alone, Brad, I am an oppressor. But... See, what's so bizarre about this is you listen to some of these things. It's like the 1619 Project, okay? If you've read into mm-hmm. that, and I've read, and I read into it, and finally I got to the point where I go, I can't go any farther. Yep. It's like crazy weird stuff. It would be like me. You know, I am sort of, I, you know, I, I'm a self-identified a self, uh, uh, person who has a lot of sarcastic comments that I'll make to people. And you if, don't say. And if you read my comments, like, for example, if you read my comments, like, on Facebook, to, like, Ed Golterman, a lot of them are sarcastic, and what's interesting about it is, is to the point where sarcasm can sometimes focus on the fact that what somebody else is really saying is really dumb and really stupid. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, to, absolutely. to the point where you say, like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And to some of this stuff, it's just to the point where it's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And to the point where what it does is it's more divisive than anything. You know, why can't we be? I've said this again. I've never said it on this show before. I'll say it on this show, but I've said it several times with Shelly. Why can't we be September 12th, 2001? 
September 12, 2001, where everybody came together. And there was no, the Republicans and the Democrats stood on the steps of the, you know, with the, the, the Capitol building and sang, was it America the Beautiful, you know? And, and everybody was united because we had a common a theme, a common enemy had attacked us on our very land. You know, we're not like Europe, like where, you know, where during World War One and World War Two, the much, much of the German and, you know, French cities were destroyed by the war. We've never had, except for the Civil War, we've never had a war on our own home turf. The Russians never attacked us on our own home turf. Right. You know, the, the Germans never did it. The Chinese have never done it. The Japanese, technically, with with you know with with uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, but that wasn't a state at the time. It was just protectorate. But what we did was we went and we kicked their butt. You know, you mess yeah. with us and you get it back times ten. You know, and I don't understand why why we have to be these little divisive things. And like for example, right here in the St. Louis area, I know people who tell me they won't, like they live in Ladue. I have one person I know lives in Ladue, tells me she does not go outside the 270 circle. So in other words, she won't go out to town and country or, you know, or Maryland Heights. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because that's on the outside of the 270 circle. Then I have other people that I know that live on the outside of the 270 circle. They live in Wildwood and Chesterfield, and they go, I don't go, I don't go inside the 270 circle anymore. There are people that talk about they won't go into North County. There are people that talk about they won't go in East St. Louis. I go in East St. Louis all the time. Now, Brad, part of that, though, if we take race out of that, part of that might be just a, the general parochial nature of St. Louis, I think. So I and I, I'm not suggesting no, that I, you're suggesting that it's about race. No, no, no. But it's people saying like, oh, I'm not going to leave my area. No, I, you're exactly right. It's not a racial thing. It's just if, parochial. Well, it's, if you, hey, I'm sticking in my geographic area. I'm not going to St. Charles. If you live in Whitey Whitebread Chesterfield and you go to Whitey Whitebread Ladue, once again, I'm not saying it's it's all about racial. I'm thinking it's just well, that's within the 270 circle. I've a, I've I know a person that used to live in Ladue that moved out off of Ballast right across the street from from uh, from um, uh, the hospital there uh, mercy, you know yeah. the the palace on ballast mercy the old st. John's <laughs> and she talked about the fact that her friends made fun of her because she moved so far out west I'm going like yeah yeah okay and you know what also has exacerbated this Brad is the pandemic the Wu flu and the China virus kept us in our homes and our areas more even more tightly confined than usual I, I, I you know what I I find it very sad I really do I mean I find it sad I mean, to the point where, where, and part of it is the fact that why can we do this? Because we have Uber Eats, we have DoorDash. You're right. We have, you know, Schnooks. You know, what is it? What's the what's the delivery service from Schnooks? What is that? Oh, I know what you're talking Instacart. about. Instacart. Yeah, we have. I don't use we it. have Instacart. Yeah. We, you know, we <laughs> have. We and also let's not forget. So that's for practical. Those are for consumer goods. But in terms of what we want to, in terms of our information diet. Brad, if you only wanted information from Ed Golterman and Mark McCloskey and their ilk, you could just stay limited to your Facebook page and you could get 24 hours of information and not challenge yourself with any outside views. Do you put Ed Golterman and, and Mark McCloskey in the same category? Hey, remember, <laughs> I've, I, I've never met Ed. I don't know anything about it. The only thing I know are your wacky anecdotes about him. I, and he saved the Keel Opera House, correct? Man, you know, there's there's a guy that, you know, there are basically two people in this world, 
person person type one who complains about things and wants somebody else to do things about it and person two who sees a problem and tries to fix it get what i'm saying and yeah and is ed number two no all he does oh, is com- I thought I thought you were I thought that was a setup to compliment him. All he does is complain. All he does is I complain. Didn't know, I know nothing about Ed. And he complains. He complains. He complains. His dad was Guy Golterman, or his grandfather was Guy Golterman, who was the 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 guy who started the Muni Opera. And he's he's yeah on there yesterday talking about the Muni should be open in May. You know, okay, whatever, Ed. Wow. You know, and, and he keeps talking about Starlight. Starlight's the theater in Kansas City. Look at the- and it's also a Madonna song, isn't it? <laughs> Starlight. That was early Madonna. That's an early that Madonna. Was, that right. was, yeah, yeah. That's when, when she Madonna was, was on MTV. That's when she wore the little little skirts and she was.